Paceline is a production of the Cycling Independent with the support of listeners like you and the master bike builders at Seven Cycles. We are community supported, community focused, and dedicated to the whole of cycling. At the Cycling Independent, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. From the Cycling Independent, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I'm Patrick Brady, and with me is my co-host, John Lewis. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. Um, dude, you're a pooch owner, or, or a pooch parent, or a, a pooch person. How did yours do with all the fireworks yesterday? Oh, my dog hates the fireworks. Um, it was almost a total rain out here. It poured rain. Um, so soggy hot dogs, uh, very few fireworks, but you know, uh, people, people will do what they got to do. So yeah, he didn't, he didn't love it. He doesn't love it, but it's also been very (laughs) thunderstormy and he, you know, he will tell you himself that millions of dogs are killed by thunder every year. Yeah. Yeah. The, the big loud bang, not something most animals like. Yeah. Years ago, I was yeah. in a rock band where uh, yeah. they they described their dog as a jam dog. Uh, the dog would like come over and sit next to me as I was playing my drums. They just kind of look at me. Craziest thing. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you know, I like loud music and I sometimes look at Django and wonder. He seems completely sort of oblivious <laughs> to it. Uh, but. Right. What do I know? What do I know? Um, That's well, a great what do you question. know about pro cycling? I, I, I mentioned you were going to make your poll about that today. Yeah. Uh, for the second week in a row, I'm going to talk about pro cycling. Uh, it feels like uh, 2004. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you may be aware that the Tour de France is underway. I've heard. Yeah. Um, and I, having watched it, I can tell you it has been entertaining every single day so far. Um, by the time people are listening to this stage six is likely on. And so I wanted to talk about it today because this is probably the last day you're going to want to go back and watch the five to seven minute stage recaps Uh that are on YouTube. So you can catch up with the action and follow along to the end. Why, why is that window closing? Uh, just because I think if you haven't watched up to this point, it's not realistic to say you're going to invest more than half an hour to catch up. Okay. I, I see your thinking there. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you'll just jump back in at week two and. Uh, I don't know, but what I'm saying is that now is a realistic mm-hmm. moment. If you have, if you've missed everything, just to go back, watch the five minute recap on each stage, and then be ready for week two. Uh, and it's a good idea because there's a a lot going on. Well, it is a tour. There's usually a lot going on. There's, but there's an extra extra lot this this year. Uh, if you don't want to spend that thirty to forty five minutes on catch up, I will sum- summarize where we are briefly. The um, the main GC favorites, uh, Tadej Pogacar and Jonas Vingegaard, are comfortably in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Pogacar looked the stronger of the two, but Vingegaard uh, blew him up yesterday out of out of the blue, out of the absolute blue. Uh, and Jumbo Visma, uh, Vingegaard's team is is arguably stronger, so I think they have more strategic cards to play. Um, Jai Hindley of Australia, uh, who rides for Bora Hansgrohe, uh, is in yellow at the moment, but I still think the race is between Pogacar and Vingegaard. Okay. Okay. The green jersey uh, has been interesting. It's been dominated by uh, Jasper Philipson, who, if you watch the um, Tour de France Unchained documentary, uh, is known in some circles as Jasper Disaster. Uh, he he has won the two sprint stages so far, uh, but both wins came with controversy. Um, everyone loves a sprint controversy, I think. Um, the and there was there was certainly chaos uh, in the two flat stages thus far. Um, Caleb Ewan has finished t- uh, second twice, mm. which was a surprise to me uh, that he's sort of like coming back around. So he's a threat to Philipson, and there is a nostalgia campaign, it seems, behind Mark Cavendish, who's retiring, to see if he can get a record-setting 35th stage win. He and Eddie Merckx are tied on 34 tour stage wins currently. Um, Mark is 38, uh, so I'd say it doesn't look real good, but, you know, anything is possible. When you've got that much experience on how to be resourceful um because he hasn't always had a strong team behind him he's often had a strong team behind him to put together a really great lead out train but he hasn't always had that and so he's got the education of what it takes to be scrappy yeah he definitely does he's been you know in the mix i think he had a fifth place finish on stage three so you you know five is not that far from one but it's in a sprint stage it could also be very far so (laughs) i mean i'm not against him uh getting it uh i think it's interesting the preoccupation with it but we'll just see how that goes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh for American fans, the polka dot jersey was on the shoulders of Nielsen Paulus, uh, who's from California. Uh, now it's not, but uh, yesterday's stage in the Pyrenees really exposed him. But I got to say, um, EF Education first easy post uh, got some good camera and podium time in the first week. Um, and again, if you, if you love American riders and American cycling, uh, easy post is the old Jonathan Vauder's Garmin team in new clothes. So those are the guys you're rooting for now. Um, but the polka dot jerseys up for grabs, the climbing and the attacks on the climbs has been insane. Uh, so that'll be a fun one to watch. So there it is. You're all caught up. Uh, (laughs) I highly recommend the 20-minute NBC highlights package at the end of each day. Uh Um, It's kind of perfectly digestible, and it gives a good rundown on all the major action from the start to the finish. It doesn't just gloss over important bits in the middle and get you to the end. Um, As we discussed last week, I'm finding that by paying attention to this race, I'm more motivated to ride than I have been. Uh, so it's not so much, and you may find also that, uh, tuning in and paying attention isn't so much about diving all the way back into pro cycling. 
or giving yourself another task to do. It might just be about getting excited about riding bikes. You know, that's a lovely way to see it. It, uh, I can easily get behind that. Uh, That's yeah. Uh, Who, who can have too much uh, inspiration for riding? Yeah, I've been watching and I've been interested and I've been motivated. If I don't watch another race this season, that's not going to bother me. Mm. Um, I, I probably will, but it's, I'm not so deep in it that I just have to follow whatever comes next. Mm-hmm. I'm only watching because it is it has been super interesting. And there's this sort of knock on effect of like, oh, yeah, riding bikes is uh, can be hard, but also fun. <laughs> So, yep. so have you been watching? No, no. Uh, but I mean, it, you know, the fact that I haven't been, uh, doesn't really mean anything because, uh, late last week I flew to Hawaii for my father's memorial service and I've, uh, I've been a little preoccupied. There was some, some snorkeling of and, course. uh, some crying and, uh, a eulogy to the, to the, um, so I've, I've been out of, uh, all the circulation of my normal life and just today sure. am at, am beginning to settle back in. I see. Um, well, um, it's there for you if you want it. Uh, it might be the diversion, the sort of pointless diversion that one needs at a time like this when, when our heads are busy. Sometimes it's nice to just put them someplace else. Uh, I I could definitely use some of that right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's a, there is, is a TV in my bedroom. Um, that was something I didn't really want to have happen, but I ended up with like no other space for it. Um, and so, yes, there's a TV in my room and it has uh, internet access and, I could see the tour big, bigger, clearer than I ever have uh, in the past. So uh, maybe I'll spend some time doing that tonight. Yeah, we can talk about it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Well, uh, I think we're going to take a little break and we will be right back after this. This month, we're sponsored by our good friends at Seven Cycles, who've been in the vanguard of American custom frame building for more than a quarter century. I worked there for most of a decade, and I learned more than I knew there was still to learn about bikes. When you work with Seven on a bike, you get real input into the design. They offer more tube set options than any other builder. They offer more ways to customize your bike. The process is deep, but it's also fun, and the result is a bike you'll love riding for a lifetime. We've secured a few places in their busy build queue for Paceline listeners, which means now you can get a fully custom dream bike from Seven in just three weeks from the time you submit your measurements. This is the fastest route to the very best bike you're going to find. Just head to sevencycles.com slash TCI to find out more. Okay, we're back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. Before we roll on, I think some of you probably heard some audio glitching in the first uh, section of the show. We we reset and we think we're clear of that now and should be smooth sailing. Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) Take it away. Okay, so today I'm talking traffic. Uh. I'm just back from Hawaii and my father's memorial service. Uh, 
uh, as I mentioned. And uh, even though he passed last October, uh, we weren't able to have a memorial service for him until now because there was such a backlog of people who had passed due to COVID. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good time to be an undertaker, I guess. Um, Oof. Yeah. Uh, so I made the trip over uh, with my boys and uh, my girlfriend, Jennifer, flew in from Seattle. And uh, even my ex, Shauna, flew over with her boyfriend. Um, so it was. Uh, it, it was about as good as those circumstances can be, I guess, is what I'm hmm. saying here. Uh, hmm. That's all an aside. Uh, it occasioned what I'm about to share about, which is I took a bike with me and this was the first time I had stayed in Waikiki uh, in more than 20 years. Uh, the last time I, I actually stayed in a hotel in Waikiki, it was 1999. Um, yeah. And uh, during my other visits to see my dad and his wife uh, over the last dozen or so years, um, I'd previously stayed out at the western edge of Oahu, away from all the worst of the traffic. So this was a big change. Traffic in Honolulu, uh, the last time I was there, was bad, but it has gotten worse uh, with each passing year and with the density of cars increasing and levels of aggression increasing and inattention due to smartphones uh, also climbing. It was uh, an adventure. <laughs> um, Sounds hectic. It, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but like I went for two bike rides. Um, you know, there were only two days I was able to make it out, um, out of the five I was there, but I felt like I was in back in Malibu. I, I was glad to go for a ride and I was glad to be on my bike and I felt good in my body after I got back. But dealing with the traffic there was really quite unpleasant. Um, I could have gone for a longer ride on my second ride, but I sort of dithered before getting out there because I was kind of like, oh, I'm not so sure this is really going to be all that fun. And it was not all that fun. Um, you know, I the thing is, I felt like I was back in Malibu. And of the many places I've ridden in the world, a few have represented as clear a threat to my person as Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu. Once you get west of Malibu Canyon Road, PCH is incredible. Uh, and that stretch of coastline is not north-south. It's east-west. Um, it's mm -hmm. as gorgeous a stretch of coastline as you might find. Um, but east of Malibu Canyon, as you get um, back toward Santa Monica, uh, you've got people driving past you at speeds that can exceed 70 miles per hour. And uh, with them often leaving you less than three feet uh, of quote unquote breathing room, um, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to take a, a breath when the wind is moving that quickly. Yes, I would take a pass on that. Go on. Yeah. Uh, my point in sharing about Malibu, though, is that when I left L.A., as much as I loved the canyon roads above Malibu, and I to this day, I adore those roads. One of my reasons for leaving I mean, truly, one of my reasons for leaving L.A. was because traffic had gotten so bad. Um, 
I felt like I'd gotten used to something I shouldn't get used to. Mm. Do you recall in biology in high school, the thought experiment where your teacher said, you know, uh, amphibians are cold blooded. So you could put one in a pot of water and just gradually turn up the heat. And you could eventually cook the frog and uh, it would never know. It would be none the wiser until it was uh, too late and it would never be any the wiser. It would just suddenly be dead. Uh, kind of unethical and uncool. At least it was only a thought experiment, but I felt like I was the frog in the pot of water that on which the heat had been gradually turned up for 20 odd years. Mm -hmm. And Honolulu felt much like that in places. Um, I found myself myself spending an inordinate amount of time looking backward. Uh, And that's even when there was a bike lane present. Um, I don't understand how it is. Drivers think it's no big deal to drive for blocks and blocks with two two wheels in the bike lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but they do. They totally do. Um, it's that combination of speed and distracted driving that is so scary. Um, and me being the nerd that I am, I go and look these things up. So at 50 miles per hour, a car will cover 74 feet in one second. That's longer than a lot of group rides. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, again, being the nerd that I am, um, I went and looked up how, how much time the average driver spends in inattention. And it's a minute and four seconds out of every hour. That's one second, an hour, just inattentive. One second, a Uh, minute, one second, a minute. Yeah. 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 Um, which is kind of all it takes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's little wonder that riders I know are expressing an increasing sense of concern about riding on the road. Um, This isn't something I've got a lot of encouraging things to say about, though. Uh, I expressly moved to a place where the roads are twistier. That's a word, right? Twistier? Okay. Yeah. in order to make inattention less of a thing, you know, if you've always got to be keeping an eye on the twisting road, it's kind of hard to like finish a text to your BFF. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean that I haven't had some close calls. Uh, you know, all it takes is one Yahoo and a pickup rolling coal to, uh, make you think, well, this could have been it. Um, but I generally have fewer close calls, uh, when I'm, out on the the roads away from town. Um, It does make me think about like upping my mountain biking even more. (laughs) Sure. Do you have anything encouraging to add to this? Um, I guess I would add that statistically you're safer than you've been. Mm. Despite a lot of, you know, the, uh, I think you can, I think st- you can make a case for things being more dangerous and and yet there's more infrastructure and there's more awareness. So where the actual where the reality of it sits uh I don't think is that clear, but I do think generally we are safer now than we've been. Here's the caveat. I ride in traffic much less than I used to. Mm-hmm. So the problem isn't just the drivers. It's also me and my comfort level. I mm-hmm. was out on a road ride this morning and we had we experienced a couple cars come around corners in ways, you know, not completely blind corners, but 
uh, uh, short-sighted corners, let's say. <laughs> and we were in the right places, uh, so nothing un, un, uh, unexpected happened. But we we remarked amongst ourselves... Yeah, we're not as comfortable in traffic as we used to be. We're not as um, we are ourselves are not as alert. We are not as disciplined mm-hmm. as we used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's both sides of the equation. I think um, I, I think if you're going to ride in traffic, it pays to ride in traffic regularly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also sort of counterintuitive because it it shifts the statistics in in the direction of you having incidents, right? Like the more you're on the road, the more likely stuff is going to happen. But you know, having again, having said that, I've been on the road for thirty years, um, and I have had incidents, but not that many. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them incredibly serious. I tend to think of real accidents on the road a little bit like shark attacks in that they have an outsize influence psychologically yeah i mean it's worth noting that uh again nerd alert uh there were 291 traffic fatalities involving cyclists in 2022 291 that's a vanishingly small number yeah there are a whole lot of cyclists in the world um, and, yep. uh, even though that was the worst year for cyclists since 1996, um, yeah, it's still a really, really tiny, tiny number. Um, right. and we should draw some, uh, mental sustenance from that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, part of my moving away from LA was a certain reset of sensitivity, um, what I experienced in Honolulu was not as bad as Malibu, but it felt that way because I've made a good choice to not put myself in situations as threatening as what Malibu was. Sure. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an issue. And I, you know, I have people ask me, you know, how I feel about it. And yeah, quite honestly, it's, it's not as comfortable as it used to be. Well, you and I are older. We have an increased sense of mortality uh, than we had 20 years ago as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't help that I was in Hawaii for my father's memorial sure. service. My father who would on occasion rail at me to be more considerate of my family and stop riding a bicycle altogether with <laughs> that was never really an option, but you know, his concern for my well uh, was, was not unwarranted. Um, it was a, a loving thing, uh, maybe poorly expressed. Um, but yeah, uh, I have boys. I have people who care about me. Um, I think what it comes down to, and I have friends who are certainly irritated any time um, road riding is equated with risky behavior because, you know, these things have momentum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we deserve a place on the road, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I also think life is short and you should do the thing that gives you the most joy 
And if it's too stressful to be in traffic uh, and on roads, uh, get off the road, get on the trails. It's great. Uh, it's great either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't think any of us needs to be a hero. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, you know, and hopefully thanks to e-bikes and, and, uh, you know, greater awareness on the part of people who ride e-bikes and get back in their cars, you know, maybe we're headed in a better direction. I do look forward to the day we have self-driving cars. I'm not sure I share that enthusiasm, but I appreciate where you're coming from. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the bleeding edge of technology there, which we are currently living through, is a little frightening. It it is. And I I actually, uh, one of my very closest friends, uh, someone who I rode with this morning, uh, worked for years and years in the Department of Transportation with uh, expertise and focus on self-driving cars. And so... I get um, I get the inside uh, dope on where where they are, what the challenges are, et cetera, et cetera. So as with many new technologies, I think it's it was overhyped early and we'll see where it ends up. But as much as I don't want to get run over by uh, a neighbor out on the road, I also don't want to be run over by a robot, ironically. I see what you did there. Yeah. (laughs) All righty. Well, let's move on to Paceline Picks. Okay. So in line with my poll about the tour this week, I'm picking Bob Roll. Yeah. I know. I know he's not available in stores. Uh, (laughs) And even if he was, I'm not sure you'd want him in your house all the time. He's big and he's loud. (laughs) But uh, there was a time when I found him irritating. That... No, not irritating. That's not right. Goofy. He was goofy. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Which I understand is his charm. Um, When he was the third wheel with Phil Liggett and Paul Sherwin on tour coverage, he was kind of the odd man out. He lacked their gravitas. He lacked their smoothness. Mm -hmm. Um, He was always just there with a goofy story. Um, But Bob Roll has changed. Paul Sherwin passed away a few years ago, sadly. And now Bobkey, as he's known, is Liggett's wingman. So mm-hmm. Phil's not a young man anymore, and he has struggled for a fair few years already to keep up with the pace of the race. Yeah. It's difficult, in fairness to him, to identify riders on the fly and keep all the details in your head. That's why he's got a wingman. And Bob Roll has grown into that role in a really nice way. I, I mentioned that I'd been watching the NBC highlights package there are a few to choose from, and, and none of them is bad. Uh, for the classics, I was really enjoying Eurosport, but I have been impressed with NBC on this tour, and particularly with Bob Roll. He's always been a big personality and a raconteur, right? He's got all these stories. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But I am so impressed that he's found a way to kind of tone himself down, see what the broadcast needs, and to provide that. Mm. Um in fact, I was talking about it with your friend of mine, Radio Freddy, uh-huh. uh, from the old Belgium Knee Warmers days, and he was uh, sharing the same observation. In fact, he said just this morning before we talked, he had been talking to his mother, who uh, said that she thought Bob Roll had made a lot of progress. And there, uh, his idea was actually that... Um, Bob sees now that he will be in Phil's chair eventually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And so he is smoothing himself out and he's becoming that elder statesman uh, who can speak for the sport. And I got to say, when you can you can change tack and um, change your game and improve on that level when you get forward in years, I'm I'm impressed. Yeah, he deserves an incredible amount of credit, you know, that he's on TV at, at all. Um, is vaguely accidental. Um, uh, Davis. You mean because he has a face for radio? <laughs> in part. Uh, in sorry. part. <laughs> um, Davis Finney was the the former pro writer who was always tapped to do commentary. Um, and then he was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And uh, if memory serves, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's like in May of 99 and immediately pulled back from all of his responsibilities, except for the Carpenter Finney camps. And even that was scaled back, if I recall correctly. But he said, hey, call Bob Roll. Uh, he's funny. Um, and so Bob was uh, on site for the 1999 uh, Giro d'Italia. And for, mm, let's call it two and a half weeks, he was uh, stiffer than a broom handle. Um, And then I remember the night to this day, he got out the root cards that riders are given and said, you know, this is, this is what the writers have to work with in addition to the, to the root Bible. And he starts showing them off each to the camera, holding them up. And he's like this one, whoo. And he's just tossing the cards off in the air. And suddenly it's like this light turned on with him. And it was everything that we had loved about his, uh, Velo news, uh, coverage of the races that he was at his little travel logs. And, Dude just came to life right there in a, I don't know, five minute segment in front of your eyes. Um, And he found his groove and never, ever lost it after that. But, you know, his charm early on was that he was a great big goofball. Um, Yeah, he was he was a clown. Um, But in a positive way, I don't mean it negatively. Right, right. Uh, a, A harlequin. Well, not not a tragic figure, but. You know, yeah, he, you know, he was goofy, clownish, but very knowledgeable. He knew yeah. where people were going to suffer. Uh, he knew where, you know, the time could be made up, where the race could be blown apart. Uh, he all he understood all of that on a really visceral level and did a great job of explaining it. Uh, so uh, cheers to your pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There was there was an interesting little exchange the other day. One of the things NBC is doing is they've been playing um, tour radio snippets of tour radio, which is the official, you know, the guy who uh, follows the race and announces this riders dropped out. This one has done that. So they've been playing that. But they've also had snippets from the different team radios. And there was um, I forget which team it was, but the, the director of the team said, Oh, it looks it looks like no one is going to go in the break today uh, because we don't have an animal. That was the <laughs> translation they had given. And, and Phil was having a little chuckle about that. And then Bob stepped in very gracefully and he said, I believe the word he's using there is animo, which is spirit. Uh, and what he's saying is no one has the fire in their belly to go in the breakaway today. And wow. 
And that little pivot, I thought, was really good, really, really good. And the kind of thing that um, I think American viewers need more of. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. There's so much about the the culture of the racing that has always suffered in translation. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's nice to hear. Oh, now now you got me wanting to look look at the NBC package. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I get no checks from them for whatever that's worth. <laughs> what uh, what is your pick for this week? Well, so this past week's trip to Hawaii marked my first occasion to travel with my number twenty two Drifter since its arrival. So this is a uh, a coupled. Uh, titanium gravel bike um, on which currently I have 28s. Um, I'm a big believer in coupled bikes in general because they can uh, change the travel equation rather significantly. Um, but a couple of years ago when I first saw Santana, oh gosh, it's probably more than five years at this point. But when I first saw Santana's Z couplers, I was seriously impressed. Uh, they were on tandems, but I was thinking, put those on singles. Put those on regular bikes. Uh, they're called uh, Z couplers uh, because of the way they fit together. Viewed either from the top or the side, you can see a Z shape at several points. Um, the two halves of the frame fit together in a sort of tongue and groove fashion um, so that holding it your hand the frame will stay together until you can fit the six millimeter Allen bolts in place. Um, and that means you don't need a special wrench the way you do with an S and S coupler. I mm. once traveled, uh, uh, I, I, I once was preparing for a trip and almost forgot my S and S wrench. Um, <laughs> I, I had left it on the bench, um, as I was packing the bike, um, and then almost didn't put it in the case. Right. Yeah, that would have been bad. Um, yeah. But, you know, not a problem with this. You're going to have a six millimeter Allen wrench with you. Um, the, uh, um, the other thing that I noticed upon, um, well, actually my opening ride was that the frame has never creaked. Uh, creaking S&S couplers, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad sound. Yeah. Um. It, it's distracting, yes, but it's also just plain flat out annoying. And there's almost no way to put enough uh, enough grease on the teeth of those couplers to get them to shut up. Um, I know that it's possible to get frames retrofitted with these. Uh, I can't say that I know who's doing that work currently. Um, number 22 is building new frames with them for sure. Um, and... One of the other things about this that's so great is the completely stealthy appearance means that when I'm riding the drifter, it never feels like I'm on a travel frame. It just mm. looks like a regular bike, which mm -hmm. I don't know why, but that does make the bike a little more attractive to me um, sure. on a on a day-to-day -day riding basis. Those Z-couplers, I need to learn a little bit more about how they're machined and whatnot. Um, the edges... Uh, on those things are actually sharp. I mm. could, I could cut myself with them. They are so carefully laser cut, uh, after whatever machining and whatever else. Um, they're really remarkable. Um, I know that people think that buying uh, a frame just for travel is kind of crazy. 
But if you travel a lot, it's the sort of thing that really pays for itself in a hurry. Um, I flew with Southwest and fit my bike in an SNS case and did not pay to travel with it. Um, the most I've ever paid to travel uh, with a bike in an SNS case was $35 on Hawaiian Air flying from Oahu to Maui the time I climbed Haleakala. Mm. Uh, and if you think about how it can be, uh, you know, so often it's just $75, but sometimes it's $150 one way. Right. That it stacks up quick. Yeah. That will at least cover getting a frame retrofitted. Yeah. And most of us have something lying around, so, right? So Santana is selling these couplers to other builders. I, I don't think they're actually selling the couplers. I think they're licensing the design to be produced elsewhere is my uh, recollection. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't, I talked with them about that. And haven't followed up, but my memory was they said they were willing to license it to people, um, but they didn't want to be in the business of, uh, you know, machining right. and laser cutting. Uh, uh, I suspect with those laser cuts, because that's the only way that thing's going to get that sharp without seeing kind of a, a gnarly pattern on it. Um, the Yeah, the only way they could get that sharp is laser cutting. And to my knowledge, Santana can't do that in-house so that would be farmed out to some other sort of machine shop hmm. yeah in interesting mystery oh my gosh they're just they're so so cool uh it's it's really lovely number 22 uh to give them a, another little uh nod here they make a a coupler for the hydraulic brake line um so you pull this little pin out and then recess this thing and it Boop, it pops apart. Uh, and so that way you can fully separate the two halves of the frame without any real difficulty. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, on my way over, I spent a lot of time getting it packed and figuring it out. On the way back, I realized that I could make a couple of small changes and I no longer have to remove the fork from the front half of the frame, which speeds packing by probably a half an hour. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's it's cool. I look forward to more travel. <laughs> Good. Especially since I've got a lot of travel in my life these days. <sighs> um, <laughs> Alrighty. That's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. Um, John, what have you been working on? What's coming up? Um... Uh, I don't know. I've been working on riding a lot and waiting for the words to tumble out. So those are coming. Our buddy uh, John Rizel, uh Johnny Raz has written a bunch of pieces that are scheduled and ready to go. So that's mm -hmm. a lot of like connection with nature content. Um, and he's taken over the Friday group rides. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be a bunch of good stuff. Um, maybe maybe more of him and less of me is a good uh, good shift for right now. Uh, and I know you have a bunch of pieces in the works coming down the pike and we'll see when we can get those sorted out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the next week I'll get a little more bandwidth of me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Alrighty, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we talked about today uh, in our comments section at The Cycling Independent. And of course, we'd love it if you subscribed. Uh, we have $3, $5, and $10 options uh, for subscriptions, as well as a tip jar for those who 
maybe aren't ready to commit. Uh, and just to reiterate this, your dollars do go directly into this podcast and our other productions like Revolting. Um, there is no private equity firm backing us up. And uh, we are grateful for that largely, and you should definitely be grateful for that. Uh, and yeah, so plainly, we need your help to keep doing what we do. Alrighty, until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with John Tour Fan Lewis. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.